Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Good morning and welcome to Catholic Education Plus. I'm Father Tom Burke, pastor at St. Benedict the Moore Parish in the Hill District and also St. Mary Magdalene Parish, serving the communities of the East End, Homewood, Point Breeze, and Wilkinsburg sections of the city of Pittsburgh. This morning, we are blessed to have the Director of Catholic Schools in the Diocese of Pittsburgh, Michelle Peduto, back on our show with us. Michelle has worked hard to guide our schools through the COVID pandemic. She's collaborated with our health experts, colleagues from across the state and here at home, and school families to create and maintain a healthy and safe environment for in-person learning. As we approach the two-year mark of navigating through covid Diocesan schools and parishes are moving to a mask optional policy and an in-person activities will resume. It's an important milestone, one that has come after a lot of thought and planning. We wanted to have Michelle with us this morning to give us a perspective on where we've been, what's brought us to this point, and where we might be headed. Michelle, good morning and welcome back to Catholic Education Plus. Thank you, Father Tom. It's a pleasure to be back. And uh, obviously this weekend here in the Diocese of Pittsburgh uh, for uh, masses, we are uh, reinstating the the optional uh, masks uh, for people who want to come to mass. So uh, there is no mask mandate, if you will. We're going to resume the sign of peace and also bringing up the offertory gifts. Obviously, uh, we still are not totally out of the woods yet, so we still have to take precautions and sanitize. And obviously, those who uh, still want to wear masks, they are allowed to do so, but we're not um, mandating that. So that's why we wanted to talk. And then obviously, tomorrow morning is a big day in the schools here in the Diocese of Pittsburgh uh, because the mask mandate is not uh, going to be uh, in effect. And I have three schools, uh, St. Bede, Sister Thea Bowman Catholic Academy, and St. Benedict the Moore School. So obviously, as a pastor, uh, schools are very near and dear to my heart. And you, as our faithful leader, obviously are at the pulse of all this. So uh, we're coming up on the two-year mark at the start of the horrific uh, COVID-19 pandemic. Take us back. Uh, what were those early days like for our schools? You know, I, in preparation for this, I went back through some old emails and uh, really did do a deep dive back in those early days. And I do remember uh, the week prior to the lockdown, which started on March 13th, we were literally closing schools if there was one case even remotely related to the school. So if a child's uncle had COVID, um, we would shut down our school. And, and it was clear that this there had to be something happened here to um, 
to give some parameters to this. And so, of course, that's when the governor came out and said, you know, two weeks, we're going to lock down. Well, two weeks turned into three months. And those days were so challenging for all of us because we were literally uh, brainstorming ideas on how to get our schools up and running, how to keep them running, how to engage people, how to get computers to people. It was a lot of logistical movement, but it was also managing a lot of ambiguity, confusion, and fear, not knowing what was going to happen next. And uh, educators, as educators, we're not used to that. We're used to planning and having a, a strategic plan in front of us. And so those were very challenging days. And every minute, the information changed. So it was a constant pivot. It has been that way for two years. It's a constant pivot with new information, new guidelines, new strategies. Uh, so I think as a, as a society, we've actually come through it very well because it really required such incredible collaboration. And as a church, particularly, and our Catholic schools particularly as well. Yeah, I remember that, that day and year so very well, you know, um, March 13th, 2020, and uh, it was a Monday morning and just finished with mass that weekend. And it was like, boom, uh, the whole floor just fell out. And we thought, oh, maybe, you know, two, uh, maybe just temporarily, you know, not, not thinking we'd never, never come back for the remaining uh, semester in the spring. And that was really weird. And the not only did the schools shut down, but the churches, I, I could not say mass, couldn't celebrate funerals, weddings, baptisms. Uh, I couldn't go into the hospitals. It was just really awful. And, uh, and then just, just to be uh, shut down, so to speak. So uh, kudos to you and your, your principals, uh, the, the teachers, the parents to go right into that online and, and you didn't miss a beat, you know, you just had to do what you had to do. And just like for our churches, we had to start doing the live streaming because you couldn't, couldn't yeah. stop, so to speak, the, the church and the schools have to go on. So that was really interesting. And it's hard to believe that that was two years ago coming up. March 16th. As we move through uh, the next school year, what stands out as the most challenging issues after you came back for the fall of um, 2020? 2020. Well, that was then that was the big question. Do we come back in person? Do we come back hybrid? Do we um, continue with remote? And, you know, school districts and, and dioceses all across the country were making those determinations. What do we do? Um, we did delay our start. And that was out of respect for our teachers who, quite frankly, were still receiving mass doses of professional development so that they could do the combination that we knew we'd have to do between virtual and in-person, and they've never done that before. So that was a whole new world too. We had done strictly virtual the spring before. Now we were looking at this hybrid of we're going to do both. We're going to have kids in and out of the school. We're going to offer folks the opportunity to have only virtual instruction. A lot of new things were on the, the plate, and there were people who wanted us to be fully open, people who didn't want us to be fully open. So there was that conflict that uh, was, was always embedded somewhat in the decision-making. So it, uh, it, it was such a challenge. I, to, to this day, I, I, I'm astonished at the miracle our teachers performed, mm -hmm. really, our administrators and our teachers. We did postpone our opening for a week. 
Uh, we opened, I believe, that year September 8th instead of our usual, maybe it was a two-week delay. Some of our high schools went ahead and opened regular time and got and got rolling. They had also had a great deal more experience with virtual instruction because they've been doing it for a number of years for other reasons. So, so we took that time to really cram, if you will, for the for what we were going to do. And then we moved forward. And then we shifted. Where in the spring we were getting calls on how do we do this virtual instruction? All of a sudden, my office and a few others within our office became this COVID task force who had to vet every single case and how it would be handled. So every case that hit a school was called in and we would walk the principal through the next steps. What was the quarantine? What were we going to do? Every single case. We did that for a year. So just that alone, right? And, and, And honestly, I've been in this profession for over 40 years. Never in my wildest dreams could I have imagined that I would be saying things like you need to quarantine for 14 days. And, you know, what, how, who, 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 who did you go close to? Who did, who's a close contact? And at that point, when we came back, there were, there were extensive mitigation strategies. We were telling our teachers they couldn't touch paper that a student had touched. So they had to wait 24 hours to grade a paper. Now we've since learned that we didn't necessarily have to do that, but we did everything we could at the time to be excessively careful with the students in our care. Um, And that's the other thing about the, the pandemic, of course, is the scientists were figuring this out and the doctors as we went along. So but what was true one day was not necessarily true next week. It just changed. It changed daily, weekly, hourly, minute by minute, hourly. Yeah. Uh, First to go completely virtual and then to reopen for the fall 2020, 21 school year to have that optional, you know, in person and also online. And then, yeah, it just, it just was a continuous continuation of uh, flexibility, if you will. And, and the schools still managed to stay open, even with the ups and downs, the challenges, you know, obviously there were some shutdowns temporarily when there were some high, high rates, but uh, just kept going. I mean, you, you just had a, you learn as you go. Um, we just have a little bit under a minute to go before we uh, take a break. So with the strong communication with the schools, the families, the staff in the community in general, I'm sure that was a priority. Um can you just reflect briefly what communication strategies worked well during that time? Yeah, and I and I have to say right on the front end, I think I think I personally fell short in some ways on this. I did, you know, you do your best, but primarily it was it was mail mailings to parents. It was Zoom meetings for all the teachers. We would have Zoom meetings open to twelve hundred people so that we could talk through things month by month. As weekly Zoom meetings with principals. Um, Again, just trying to reach out as as many personal communications as I had time for as far as phone calls with parents, phone calls with teachers. But, you know, I could get on the phone with a parent, as you can see, and talk for 40 minutes. And that just wasn't an efficient way. But I I always feel compelled to to respond to parents if I can. So I think we, we really... We really did the best we can with communication. I'm certain and positive there are ways we could improve. But uh, again, we did the best we could in that, that time frame. 
And I know that the principals usually do like a weekly update or sneak peek of the week, so to speak. Uh, obviously, that was always a big communication. Um, and the um, email lists, uh, the phone chains, things like that, those are just, it was just a fluid information keep that communication because obviously things were changing you know daily and weekly and over the weekend uh and then get ready for the next week so you kind of had to learn as you go so to speak you know? exactly right well we have lots more to talk about we're going to take a break you're listening to catholic education plus with father tom burke here on kdk we'll be back in a moment Welcome back to Catholic Education Plus. I'm Father Tom Bark, pastor at St. Benedict of Moore Parish in the Hill District and also St. Mary Magdalene Catholic Parish in the East End. On this Sunday morning, I'm really honored to have the director of Catholic Schools for the Diocese of Pittsburgh, Michelle Peduto. And we are talking about the, uh, the challenges of the COVID-19 pandemic. And obviously now, as we uh, are navigating through this, uh, the diocesan schools in our parishes are moving into a mask optional policy. It uh, started in the parishes this weekend, today, actually, for the parishes, and then obviously tomorrow morning for our Catholic schools. So, Michelle, now, as we enter into another phase of this pandemic, why is the policy of shifting from mask required to mask optional uh, starting tomorrow? A number of reasons, but um, the case counts in our general population in the county and the communities around us, they've dropped significantly over the past month. We're seeing that, but we're also seeing it in our schools. In the month of February, we've had 43 cases across our uh, 39 schools, and it's only 25 quarantines with that. So we have seen a significant case drop, but there's also the other piece. There's high, there's high availability of vaccines now. So those that choose to be vaccinated have those readily available, at least in the five to um, you know, adult age groups, those are all available. We also now know we have the N95s and the KN95 masks available, which are self-protective in nature. So they do give the wearer a great deal of protection from, from the virus and from infection. And folks are encouraged to, to wear the mask if that's where they feel comfortable, if that's what they need to do. And I, I'm told by the medical community, there's also a high availability of oral treatments and medications that were not available before. So we do have those protocols, those uh, remedies in place, if you will, to assist us as we move into this new phase. And the other, the other piece of that, of course, is that our bishop wanted a universal approach to the parishes and the schools as far as optional masking went. And so, so we, are, uh, we are responding to that as well. I think, I think that's really um, perfect timing for, for the parishes and the schools because we have school masses. Um, my one out of the three schools that I have, uh, St. Bede uh, Church is connected to St. Bede School. So it's in the kids and the faculty and staff, it's all connected. So it, it just makes sense that if you do one, you do the other because they're interconnected and it makes more sense. And obviously you, you follow the statistics and the data. And thankfully, we've had, you know, dramatic decreases in the number of, of cases, uh, hospitalization rates things like that, more vaccines are available, more children are still uh, available to get the vaccine. So uh, the numbers, of course, 
it, it's a numbers policy and it, it, it makes sense and, and what a perfect timing. So uh, what strategies will our schools implement to keep our teachers and our children healthy in our school settings with the uh, no non-mask uh, masks optional, so to speak. Mask optional. So, so of course, we're still we're still recommending that people wear masks, um, mm-hmm. but we are uh, following all the basic mitigation strategies we were using before: basic hand hygiene, social distancing to the maximum extent possible, ventilating. It's very encouraging that we're moving into spring when those windows and doors can be open again. Uh, and then moving outside as much as possible for classes and for lunches. And, we, we, and we're accustomed to this. We've been doing this for two years as well. So those are the things we're looking toward, uh, you know, providing that health and safety piece. Absolutely. And, and especially as we are coming into the end of uh, February and March, uh, we had a beautiful day uh, last Monday for President's Day. And the kids were outside walking around and you take advantage of those days, you know, get some fresh air and go out and walk around and not just for playground, but some of the classes are actually held outside because it was so nice out. So, the, you know, that's going to be a plus too, as now that we're coming up in a couple of weeks, the spring season. So uh, it is a good time for that. What are the greatest challenges right now for our schools? We have many challenges and, uh, some that we're not accustomed to in Western Pennsylvania. And I think that what has me, aside from the pandemic, which we, we know we're not quite over yet, what's, what that's going to lead to, but we also have on the horizon, I think, a teacher and administrator shortage. And we're seeing that in publications across the nation, both public and private. Uh, we've, lost, we've lost a lot of teachers, a lot of retirements. And I know, as with the healthcare system, too, people are leaving our profession. They are leaving our profession and they aren't coming in as fast as they're leaving. So so that's a concern. We certainly always have our financial piece working on um, trying to keep our tuitions down, but also trying to cover the cost of educating each child. And that has completely changed in the last two years as well as we move to different funding models for our schools. So that's always a challenge. Um, but as I said, just wondering where this, this, if we move into the endemic stage, what that means for us and what we need to look forward to in that regard. Yeah. I go around, uh, Squirrel Hill, Wilkinsburg, the Hill District, you know, my, my parish boundaries and the help wanted signs are everywhere. Murray Avenue, Forbes Avenue, Penn Avenue, go into Oakland, downtown, uh, all the malls, all across Western Pennsylvania help wanted and, you know, not only are uh, restaurants and businesses uh, shorthanded, obviously uh, the hospitals and medical staff. I have two sisters that work in the healthcare industry here in Pittsburgh. Um, Obviously there's a a priest shortage. uh, So we're, we're shorthanded too, but you're right. uh, Teachers, teachers, early childhood education, um, preschool programs it's 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 a ripple effect so every industry every work industry is is affected by this and obviously um you know we're all in this together you know no one is a silo so to speak in all of this so uh how is our faith critical in overcoming all of this my i'm always a positive person my my motto for 21 years as a priest is with god all things are possible what would you say uh how is our faith critical to overcome some of these fears and challenges? 
I, it's all, you know, I think that's, and I, I combine this with, with another idea about what I've learned from this all, this, this pandemic. In the end, faith is all we have. And I think on the dark days of the pandemic when we didn't know what was coming next and, and teachers, parents, administrators, um, struggling, struggling. All we have is our faith. We have Jesus Christ. That's what we have. We don't get through anything without that. We just don't. And I think we find him everywhere in our schools and we have to lean on him. And that's, I think that should be a lesson for all of us as we've watched all these things unravel with this pandemic, all of the, the, the terrible things and what we have, what we stand on is our faith. Faith is the foundation. You know, Absolutely. you don't have faith. It's like quicksand. You sink, you know, and your faith gets you through, you know, the goods and the bads, the challenges, the ups, the downs. And if you don't have faith, you don't have anything to grasp onto. And faith is that foundation. One last question under a minute. Um, what have you learned through all this for the last two years quickly? <laughs> oh, my goodness. I have learned, and we talked about the faith piece, but I think what's most important to me as we move forward is how we get along with each other at this point, to be quite honest. We're seeing it in our society. We see it in our church. We see it in our schools. We have got to put Jesus Christ in the middle of all of our relationships, and we have to do it now because we are in the process of tearing each other up on a regular basis. And that is not where Jesus lives. So that that's what I've learned. That's what I'm pushing for moving forward. There are no sides. As you said, we are in this life together. We are in this life for Jesus Christ. And we are in this life for our own salvation. And we need to act in that manner. Just be nice to people. Be nice and, and think about Jesus when you're talking to somebody else, because he's there. He's in there, too, with them. Michelle Peduta, Director of Catholic Schools for the Diocese of Pittsburgh, thanks for being with us uh, this morning. Thank you so much. We're going to take a break. You're listening to Catholic Education Plus with Father Tom Bark. We'll be back in a moment. This week in our Plus segment, we are featuring the eighth Sunday in Ordinary Time. We are just a few short days away from starting the season of Lent. Uh, Lent begins this coming uh, Wednesday, Ash Wednesday, March the 2nd. So for the final Sunday of the Ordinary Time, uh, before we come back after Easter, we are still reading in the Gospel of St. Luke, the Sermon on the Plain. Jesus exemplifies his teaching regarding personal integrity with two parables, the blind leading the blind, and only good trees produce uh, good fruit. And today's gospel focuses on the Sermon on the Plain. The teaching emphasizes the community's need to exercise good pastoral oversight and control. Obviously, you have to have good training in order to unfold good gospel uh, teachings and the tendency to notice faults of other people while ignoring that we're not perfect either. So judge not, and we shall not be judged. And if you want good fruit, obviously you need good trees and good soil. So as we prepare for Lent this coming week, really focus on making some internal changes. Thank you for listening to Catholic Education Plus. We'll be back in two weeks. This is Father Tom Bark. Thanks for joining us. God bless. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. 
Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.